0: I am yours, I am yours, I am yours, send me Lord, I am yours. What in the world does coronavirus have to do with abortion? Join us in this episode of Gospel Center Pro-Life as me and Vicki talk about coronavirus and abortion, the similarities and the biblical implications. Stay tuned. I felt your passion, touched your heart. Welcome to the Gospel Center Pro-Life Podcast. Um, we wanted to have a little bit of a conversation, because everyone is having a conversation
1: about That's for sure.
0: the coronavirus, right. COVID-19. Mm-hmm. And so we wanted to talk about it, and we wanted to talk about it in light of abortion and in light of the gospel.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And you might be wondering, hopefully you are wondering, what in the world does coronavirus have to do with abortion. Mm-hmm. Were you wondering that whenever I asked you, hey, can yeah. we cover this topic?
1: Well, no, because I, I was thinking, okay, pro-life, life's in there and coronavirus kills, so it's anti-life, so okay, it's like abortion.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. But in particular, and we'll touch on a few topics, mm-hmm. what, you know, as far as the Christian response, what should our response be to this thing? Because, you know, just full disclosure, mm-hmm. I'm probably all over the map. Mm-hmm. about this thing. I'm I'm one of those guys who's like, you know, the government's going to tell me I can't go places, or I can't mm-hmm. do things. The government ain't telling me squat. Mm-hmm. I'll do what I want. Mm-hmm. I, I take that attitude. But also, mm-hmm. I take the attitude of well, you know, God has put us under submission to the government, and we, we're supposed to do things that, as long as they're not telling us to disobey God, we're supposed to obey the government and that sort of thing. Um, so I'm in this tension of government ain't going to tell me what to do, and, you know, also wisdom. I need to use wisdom and you know as a pro-life person who believes mm-hmm. every life is valuable, there's some implications of not using wisdom and mm-hmm. how my decisions and my actions can affect other people yeah and that ties directly into abortion, which is mm-hmm. you know one of the points that we're going to touch on as mm-hmm. we're cu- talking through but what I wanted to do is I don't want I wanted to not really I guess maybe we'll come to some cl- conclusions here but just have a conversation. Mm-hmm. And just talk this through. Maybe you guys who are listening, you can help me. Maybe Mm -hmm. there's some points as we're going through this that we didn't mention, that we didn't think through, that we didn't talk about, that we needed to. And you can help me. (laughs) Help me be more clear on where I should stand on this. Again, I don't really care. I do care in the sense that, you know, the government says things and we're supposed to be in submission to the government, CDC, and all of that. But more than anything, I care about what the Bible says. What does the Scripture say? So if you're going to argue with me about what my attitude should be toward the coronavirus you're going to have to use scripture for me, right. and some other stuff too. But right. Scripture is going to be the main,
1: and that's that's main, what main. we did in our attempt to you know to work through this discussion yeah. that we're about to have. We looked we looked at scripture for me. One of the, I think the biggest tension is who to believe. Is it yeah. bad? Uh, I'll read one article where it's very terrifying. There was a family in New York at a family gathering. I think of ten, okay, and um, seven, uh, three of them died, wow, and four of them are in ICU right now. Right I, out of okay seven out of 10. I mean, that's pretty terrifying. Yeah, and then I read articles that, that, you know, print out all the numbers of people affected and, and really a relatively low death rate, lower than the flu from what I can see yeah. in, in America right now. And probably the coronavirus numbers are underreported. There's probably lots of people who have already had it and recovered or don't even know they have it because they're it's such a mild case. So that's for me. Who, yeah. who to believe? Yeah, who and, to believe? And 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 I just and it certainly day is no day. help to get on Facebook and see no, everybody's opinion there because no. I got you yeah. know on,
0: on my Facebook feed and we have a lot of the same folks right. as friends. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing every every end of the spectrum and everything in between you know yeah. stay out of the general public never even come out of your house yeah. Oh, who cares about this virus you know on the other other, other end of the spectrum yeah. it's just a government conspiracy yeah. or whatever and you, you know, see and so much hard to know.
1: you see so much also on social media right now at least in in our groups which are in in my case largely believers saying oh well perfect love casts out fear if you love the lord you shall have yeah. no fear and um and basically your your Faithless if if you're worried uh-huh. at all. Yeah. And um and and then, you know, the the other side that that's saying you should be worried. There's a lot yeah. of danger Buy all out the toilet, there. there. Toilet
0: are, paper you can. Yeah. You should be worried, worried for your family and for your life. yeah and 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 I, all I, this.
1: I, I suspect, you know, the the where we should end up is maybe somewhere kind of down the middle. I but think um, so <laughs> it seems like it's
0: like that. With a lot of stuff, yeah. there's this biblical tension mm-hmm. of you know not going to, in one ditch or the other, yeah and hopefully at the end of this podcast we'll have you guys uh maybe we'll help balance you out maybe yeah. uh, who who knows maybe you'll right. help balance us out as you respond to this podcast and let us know how terrible it was or how great mm-hmm. it was <laughs> and uh and so let's let's jump into it though because we're talking about um a communicable disease communicable yeah. disease, which yeah. means it can be uh passed along to other people. Right. Right. And so there are some implications here. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about bodily autonomy and Mm -hmm. how your decisions affect other people and and a biblical framework for that and a biblical understanding of that. But let's talk about, because it's not like the Bible doesn't mention communicable diseases, Mm -hmm. it does mention these diseases. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, it, it does. It should help us to see how thorough God is in His Word. You know, we talked in the Numbers podcast about how thorough God is in keeping numbers, but how thorough He is in dealing with stuff like communicable diseases, in particular with leprosy. And -hmm. and some folks say, and I think it's true, if you study out leprosy and, and, and what's implied here in the Leviticus passage, what they were dealing with in the New Testament, it could include a lot more than just what we properly know as leprosy. It could be other skin diseases, other diseases that are, that affect a person in similar ways. Yeah. But you know, broadly, we're talking about leprosy. I think probably—I could be wrong about this. Maybe I need to study it more before I say this. Probably the word leprosy is more of a broad term than just a particular communicable disease that we mm-hmm. know as leprosy now, but mm-hmm. maybe not. I don't mm-hmm. know. But yeah. does, God yeah. yeah. does God talk about this disease? Does God talk about— Diseases and passing diseases in the Bible. Yeah,
1: and and of course, you know, leprosy is is mm-hmm. what came right to my mind as I was thinking about this. So, and there are a lot of parallels. Okay. Lepers in in that time period were socially isolated. That is how the spread of leprosy was contained. Yeah. they were socially isolated, and they were self responsible, but through the rule of the government, mm-hmm. at, you know that that they were to and God's word said yeah. that actually it was in in God's word the command was that they were to alert everyone who came near them that would be in danger by shouting unclean unclean yeah
0: leviticus 13 45 through 46 you right, have right. Uh, like you always do written yeah. a, uh, some, an outline here an article basically i don't know mm-hmm. that we'll post this anywhere it just helps us as we flow through this yeah um, but yeah, Leviticus thirteen forty-five through 46, the leprous person who has the disease shall wear torn clothes and let the hair of his head hang loose and he shall cover his upper lip and cry out, unclean, unclean. He shall remain unclean. As long as he has the disease, he is unclean. He shall he shall live alone. His dwelling shall be outside of the camp. So this is quarantining, basically. It He's is. separated from the general population and the intention is that he wouldn't sh- share that disease right. and spread that disease to the rest of Israel
1: and there was no cure for mm-hmm. for yeah. leprosy there yeah. was no there was no vaccine there was no medicine that they could take they basically would just slowly lose all of their Ooh, body vaccines. parts
0: vaccines that sounds like a fun podcast maybe <laughs> yeah, we'll tackle that, that, some that would sometime would be a good the, one that would be a good in, one in about 50 years from yeah. now yeah <laughs> um
1: but, you know, whenever I re- read about the lepers, it makes me so sad. Yeah. I mean, they had a miserable existence. But, Absolutely. But God did that um, to protect his community. Yeah. To protect yeah. the rest of the community. So, um, now that's kind of in sharp contrast to what happens in the New Testament with yeah. Jesus. yeah.
0: You know, I've said before, I actually preached on this passage that you brought up. Uh, Mm -hmm. Actually, Matthew and Mark, as as well as Luke, have this particular story shared where this leprous man comes before Jesus and uh, basically preached about, um, you know, how in the New Testament or in the Old Testament, the unclean makes the clean unclean. In the New Testament, the clean makes the unclean clean.
1: Oh, that's interesting. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> it's, it, and it's true. You know, in the Old Testament, yeah. if you touched a leprous person, you were yeah. unclean. You were that's not right. supposed to touch a leprous right. person. You were unclean after mm-hmm. that point. Mm-hmm. But in the New Testament, you know, in this story, this is Luke chapter five, where this man comes, this leprous man comes before Jesus. And the mm-hmm. Bible says in one passage, he bowed down, bowed down and worshiped him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. So he knew that Jesus was able to. The question was, he willing? And yeah. Jesus stretches out his hand, touches the man and says, I'm willing, be cleansed. And he, the leprosy leaves him. He's to to present himself before the priest and give the offering that is required for a person that has been cleansed of leprosy. And many of you know the story, but Jesus makes this unclean man. Rather than Jesus becoming unclean, which mm-hmm. is the, the typical way it would happen in the Old Testament, under the New Covenant, Jesus makes this unclean man clean. So his cleanliness... Anyway, that's a, you know, that, that'll preach... Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily have to do with this, but it does have to do with the fact that Jesus was not afraid of the leprosy. Mm-hmm. Now, you could say, you know, he's he's God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course he is. Mm-hmm. But the Bible does ta- tell us that he laid that glory aside, his mm-hmm. divinity <clears throat> in the sense that you're know, functioning as God. He laid that aside and took on the form of a servant, Yeah, became a human being. So he yeah. he certainly stepped out as a human being and and touched this man uh, who was leprous. And he was not made unclean.
1: Right. And as far as we know, though, Uh, um, some things, as I'm trying to connect that with coronavirus, he didn't um, tell the rest of the lepers, okay, everybody go just join the community. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) He didn't change the social isolation. And I think it's interesting, though, um, that the leper says, if you are willing. Yeah. And then Jesus says, I am willing. And that spoke to me um, about how so many of the things I'm seeing written on social media talk about, well, you're safe, you're, you're, you're a believer, and God will protect us, and, and, and all of this. Well, yeah. I think we're presuming upon God's willingness mm-hmm. or lack of willingness to heal or to protect. He may or may not. And I think that there is a call for wisdom. Jesus did not say to those lepers, since I'm in control, you all go on out and I'll take care of my people. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He certainly didn't overturn, you know, completely that social norm. Although touching the leprous man, that was, that was confronting a, a social norm. Yeah. Uh, and some could argue, and I think a good argument could be made that Jesus did that not as a broad, you know, I will, I'm willing to heal every leprous person, right. but as a particular sign and a testimony, and certainly was that mm-hmm. <clears throat> to the ministry of Jesus. But I believe he shows his willingness to, to step out and, and to break with social norms to right. meet this man's need, and he certainly did. Right. You know, he looked on this man with compassion. Right. Now, does that mean then, you know, bringing it to today, right. and as far as the coronavirus, mm-hmm. the coronavirus. Would Jesus heal someone from the, of the coronavirus? certainly he would he might. certainly he can mm-hmm. he may already have mm-hmm. you know somebody maybe had it and has been healed from it. Mm-hmm. God still does that, I believe in yeah. this day and age. Does that mean though we need to go out as Christians and start you know laying hands on everybody that has coronavirus and mm-hmm. and uh and you know potentially passing it around to everyone right um no, I don't think that it does yeah. I, I think that we As as you said, we have to use wisdom. Mm -hmm. We have certain directives, and there are people smarter than me, Mm -hmm. smarter maybe even than you, Mm -hmm. no doubt, (laughs) who have said there there are these risks that are involved in passing this thing around, and so do this and do that. So I think you know there has to be that has to be taken into consideration, not just this idea that if you have enough faith, then God's not going to make you sick.
1: Yeah, and, and I think that that helps. Not, God's
0: not going to let you get sick.
1: That's right. He, I'm sure there's Christians that are dying of this too. But I, it helps me just to, um, to say this and to think about this, that it's not a measure of your standing before God or your faith if you're not going to be shaking all your friends' hands. Yeah, right exactly. now they're yeah. saying don't shake hands, but I do get the sense by some People in the Christian community that that shows I'm quivering in fear, or that I'm not as good a Christian as them, or
0: maybe even you know the idea of you know having church services. Our church is not meeting as far as you know as a congregation in the same building. Our pastors are doing uh, online service. You know, last Sunday it was great. Actually, you know, I'll just confess when I first heard that they were not going to have services, I'm like, what? Canceling church service because of this thing? And, you know, I took the sort of, I don't know, I didn't take the, you know, you don't have faith approach, but I was just disappointed. I was like, man, we got to press through this. And then I was like, you know, the Lord really spoke to my heart. Hey, you put yourself under submission to your pastor Mm -hmm. and the leadership there, and they're doing the best they can with the information they have, and they're trying to apply wisdom. And, you know, I felt like, okay, you're right, Lord. I did and then we watched the church service Sunday morning right and it was I was blessed by it yeah. it was it was good as a family we watched together yeah. in our living room and yeah. it was a blessing and I trust that God is is guiding mm-hmm. the leaders of our fellowship and the other churches around, even though I might it might not be my perfect will <laughs> for yeah. that to happen, yeah. I think that you know God has other people in that position to make that decision rather than, yeah. than me for a reason. Yeah,
1: I mean, there's been some good things from all of this social isolation. I've I've heard so many stories of families that are gathering together and doing yeah. simple things that families should be doing. Yeah, together worshiping together. So, I, and also,
0: I think it's helping people just not be gross. <laughs> you know, that's like one of the one of the benefits. Well, I wash my hands. I'm not a freak who wash my hands, you know, right, for everything, right. but you know, I wash my hands on a pretty regular basis yeah. normally cuz yeah. I think it's gross, not to, right? right? right. <laughs> Every time I use yeah. the bathroom. Listen, yeah. <laughs> if 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 you needed the coronavirus <laughs> in order to start washing your hands after you use the bathroom, you're a gross person <laughs> and you're part of the problem. <laughs>
1: but and and that brings up a second point that I was thinking about is that um, many times um, these sorts of things, not that I've ever had a global pandemic before. I've yeah. never lived through one. Weren't but you there during the bubonic plague? I, no, I'm just I was kidding. not. I was not. That was a few years before me. Just joking. Um, but I, I, I do think that there is certainly biblical evidence that God uses terrible things like yeah. plagues— to punish and alarm and wake up yeah. people to unrighteousness and wickedness and I as and that's where I think it does relate very directly to abortion is this plague the result of the worldwide growth in the acceptance of abortion I don't know Yeah But I yeah, wouldn't, I, mean, I'm not I wouldn't be... be opposed to thinking that that yeah. could be the case because abortion is wicked God hates the shedding of innocent blood. He hates people killing babies. Yeah. And um and there's been so much effort to encourage people to recognize that and to so yeah. little avail. Yeah,
0: so many people have hardened their hearts and yeah. stiffened their necks. Yeah. And, you know, I'm certainly not gonna be the, you know, I guess, doomsday prophet that says, you know, this is absolutely a judgment from God and and you know, but I will say God does bring judgment and people need to repent, whether or not this is a judgment from God or, Mm -hmm. you know, it's from the devil or it's just a virus that's (laughs) come from China. Um, Either way, this is an opportunity, I think, for people, I know, for people to check themselves. Yeah. Yeah. The Bible says if we judge ourselves, we'll not be judged of God. Mm -hmm. We need to make an examination of ourselves. Believers, Christians. We, guys, we have to make an assessment of our behavior. If you're one of those people, and I get it, we need to take care of our families. I have a family, our we have 10 in our family. But if you're one of those people, that as soon as you heard about this coronavirus, you went to the store and you bought 87 packs of toilet paper, I think you probably did that out of fear. And I yeah. think it's probably should be evidence to you evident to you that you're a selfish person Mm -hmm. because now I don't have toilet paper at Mm -hmm. my house. (laughs) We do, actually. But you know what I'm saying? It's like this selfishness that flows out. i got to take care of of myself. I've got to take care of me and my own. Whenever really as believers, we're supposed to consider those around us. Maybe you bought 87 packs of toilet paper so you can give your neighbor some toilet paper. Praise God. Hopefully you did that. Mm -hmm. But even as a world, you know, we're talking about judgment. We're talking about the way that God brings judgments. And we do know in the Bible... Old Testament and New Testament that God will bring pestilence. I think this would qualify as pestilence. Mm-hmm. Pestilence is like insects and, and some mm-hmm. kind of invasion of some foreign uh, or disinvited dis- dis- creature, and I think mm-hmm. a virus would <laughs> would yeah. qualify as that. Yeah. This is pestilence, and whether well, again it's been unleashed by the Lord as a judgment, either way we let's not waste it. Yeah. Right? Let's let's check ourselves as believers, yeah. as a nation. Let's check ourselves. Are yeah. we right with God? And I would say, you know, of course we're not as a nation. Right. We need to turn back to yeah. the Lord. And I've been praying as a family. Yeah. We've been praying, God, use this.
1: Exactly. Because
0: if nothing else, people, you know, will wash their hands like, mm-hmm. when they're supposed to and not be gross. But people will check their own mortality. Mm-hmm. That they don't, You listen, you, you're not going to live forever. You're not going to be on this earth forever. Whether, right. you know, coronavirus gets you, uh, you know, Ray Comfort. We, we love him, right? He yeah, says the ultimate yeah. statistic, 10 out of 10 people die. We'll die. We're yeah. <laughs> all going to be part of that ultimate statistic. <laughs> right. You're going to die. If you don't die from something, death is going to get you. <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so um, you're you're going to die from something, and you're going to face the Lord. So as believers, we're going to face God. We're going right. to have to give an account for our lives and how we've lived. Yeah. So if nothing else, allow this as an opportunity for reflection and be a witness in a testimony. probably not the best thing for you to be tapping on Facebook about how much God hates America, and that's why he's judging. Probably, mm-hmm. probably not the best testimony. Yeah, but, yeah. but the testimony of warning people of mm-hmm. the, whether or not this is a judgment, there is judgment to come, yeah. and inviting people to come to the Lord and, and to check themselves yeah. as a believer, and being a testimony to your neighbors and helping out and that sort of thing can be an opportunity to share the gospel with people.
1: Yeah, and to be an intercessor in the midst of the plague is very biblical, Absolutely. Um, so, yeah. uh, you know, I'm going to save my voice because I've got some, some. Rough vocal cords, but if and you, it's not corona. If, no, by it's the not way, corona. Guys. It's it's. Uh, and if you hear my voice yeah. crack, and I promise it's not corona either. <laughs> yeah, we both are. It's kind like of the pollen apart. is
0: the pollen is thick. I mean, that's yeah. like a double whammy for some know. people, right? Yeah, <laughs> you know, But th-
1: but this one is uh, number sixteen, and it it's how number sixteen verses forty four to fifty, and ha- an Old Testament dealing with the plague, and and really pay attention to um, prayer. An intercession for the people in the midst of this plague.
0: Okay, so I'll read it here. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Get away from the midst of this congregation, that I may consume them in a moment. And they fell on their faces, and Moses said to Aaron, Take your censer and put fire on it from, um, from off the altar and lay incense on it, and carry it quickly to the congregation and make atonement for them. For wrath has gone out from the Lord, the plague has begun." So Aaron took it, as Moses had said, and ran into the midst of the assembly. And behold, the plague had already begun among the people. And he put out the incense and made atonement for the people. And he stood between the dead and the living, and the plague was stopped. Now those who died in the plague were 14,700, besides those who died in the affair of Korah. And Aaron returned to Moses at the entrance of the tent of meeting when the plague was stopped. So here's Mm. intercession. Here's Aaron intervening, you know, God speaking to Moses and Moses speaking to Aaron, mm-hmm. and there, there's intercession. There's intercession. standing between the living and the dead. It and says.
1: and putting out in atonement for the people. And yeah. and back in those days, it it was Jesus had not yet come in as and died on the cross. And now the atonement is to point people to. Jesus yeah, and to absolutely. the sacrifice on on their behalf. So prayer, intercession, pointing others to God, and atonement, I think, are all really important things for us all to be actively doing yeah, during absolutely. this during this plague.
0: Yeah, 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 and that that again, you got to balance that out. It's, it's you know probably not the best testimony to be putting on Facebook or whatever, be standing in the grocery store and yelling at everybody. This is a judgment of God. You need to repent.
1: Right. That never Um, goes well.
0: It it typically does not go well. (laughs) But taking, I don't want to say capitalizing on the moment, Mm -hmm. because I don't want to make light of it, but it's sort of like that. We're taking Mm -hmm. this moment where people are reflecting on their own mortality, Yeah. and there's fear, Mm -hmm. and people are under a spirit of fear to bring the truth of the gospel and to point them to the one who, the Bible does say, perfect love casts out fear. You don't have to be under a spirit of fear. Now, fear and caution are two different things. Being under, you know, just kind of hiding under a rock somewhere mm-hmm. and 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 not wanting to be out in public because you're afraid of this mm-hmm. virus can be one thing. Using wisdom, a little bit of stuff we've talked about mm-hmm. already, mm-hmm. is a whole other thing. But as a believer in Jesus, you have a platform here. Yeah. You've got your family and you've got your friends and you got those around you that you can share the gospel with. Take that opportunity. Don't yeah. waste this. Yeah.
1: Well, the Bible says make the most of every opportunity. Absolutely. So we yeah. should do that. Yeah. Now, you know one of the things with abortion rights mm-hmm. is bodily autonomy yeah that's my my body my choice right, yeah, yeah, but suddenly that's kind of not what they're saying with coronavirus your yeah. body get get and into quarantine and don't let your body come anywhere yeah, yeah. near my body yeah. not your body your choice cuz it affects me yeah. which is the opposite yeah, message that, the abortionist. Sort of like yeah. yeah it is it is so y- you had found an interesting article yeah um, which i think you printed that off and and i think yeah, that does Yeah it's an article exactly. about
0: you know we we did a podcast uh think in our first couple of podcasts, right, where we, we talk did. about bodily autonomy yeah. and is this a biblical concept, the mm-hmm. idea of bodily autonomy. And I think we established the bodily autonomy is, I mean, in one sense, yeah, you're responsible for your body, but the decisions that you make with your body... Do affect other people, and mm-hmm. when your decisions affect other people, that's when you know. One person said, My bodily autonomy stops at the end of my fist, so right. my fist connect with your nose. Right. I've violated bodily autonomy, right. I can't do what I want to with my body. Yeah, and ultimately,
1: well, our, our bodies are not our own, our bodies belong to the Lord. Exactly, as everything belongs yeah,
0: to Yeah, the Lord. and we know everything belongs to God. The yeah. body is for the Lord, and the Lord is for the body as mm-hmm. believers. Uh, in particular, our bodies are temples of the holy spirit temples of the Holy Spirit, so you can 't do whatever you want to with your body right and it 's funny though, as i 'm looking out on Facebook, social media in the media in general, and a lot of folks who would tout bodily autonomy as the end all of everything, you have bodily autonomy, you can do what you want you can 't tell me what to do with my body, or some of the same folks. That would support the idea of like forced quarantine, right?
1: Right.
0: So you can do what you want to with your own body, Why or you not? can't. Which right. one is it? Yeah. You know?
1: ju- just today, I was, I was with. I guess I was closer than six feet to okay. one, of, one of the uh, pro-choice people. Okay. And he he said, "You need to move back." Uh-huh. I I, I, back I probably bit. was five feet away from him, and I I did I did I I get it, but you know it's funny because. He is also there standing in support of the full bodily autonomy of any mother who wants to yeah. kill their child.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I talked to the same guy today, right. and he <laughs> he believes that children in the womb are alive. He you know, says he's a Christian. He's not a Christian. He yeah. says he's a Christian, and he believes that unborn children have value, but their value is basically the woman's Choice trumps the value of that that life, which is like completely Preachy. upside down with this. Yeah. But yeah. this is an article. This is a CNN article, actually. Mm-hmm. And uh, the title is, A Corona Patient Refused to Quarantine, So Deputies Are Surrounding His House to Force Him to.
1: Wow. And where is this?
0: This is in Kentucky. Okay. So it says, A Kentucky mm-hmm. uh, Novel Coronavirus Patient Checked Himself Out of the Hospital Against Medical Advice. So to prevent him from spreading the virus, officials are surrounding his house to keep him there. So this is a guy, fifty-three year old man Mm -hmm. who has tested positive for this thing. So he's got it. Yeah. And he has the potential of affecting other people. I mean, possibly he could affect, you know, thousands of people. This one person is, you know, you look at these graphs and how one person can affect a bunch of people, it just spreads and spreads and spreads. Mm -hmm. So this man is being forced to be quarantined. Mm -hmm. Uh, It says, reading on Nelson County, some Nelson County, uh, which is in Kentucky, officials uh, uh, said forced isolate or imposed forced isolation on the man who was confirmed to have the uh, he was one of the first of 20 confirmed cases in Kentucky. Mm. And, you know, it it just was interesting to me because I'm thinking if I'm this dude, Mm -hmm. I mean, if I'm this dude and I found out I've got this coronavirus, I'm going to self-quarantine myself. Sure. But I. I also can identify with him in one sense. It's like the government's not going to tell me what to do. Right. You know, he's probably got this thing, and he's probably not that sick. If he checked himself out of the hospital, he's right. probably not doing so bad himself, right? If he's able to check himself yeah. out of the hospital, yeah. he's probably not doing so bad. So he's He wants thinking, to
1: go to McDonald's.
0: He wants to go to McDonald's. <laughs> he wants to hang out with his family. He yeah. wants to whatever you know, right. he wants to do and uh, who gets to tell him he can't? Yeah. Well, apparently these officials can. So, mm-hmm. so what does this have to do with bodily autonomy? Well, it has everything to do with bodily autonomy. Yeah. This virus is in his body, mm-hmm. right? It's mm-hmm. something that's inside of his body. Can't he do with his body what he wants to, even mm-hmm. if it will affect other people? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the pro-choice argument. A lot of pro-choice people will say, yes, I agree. The baby is a living thing. I mean, Listen, if we're looking at viruses, and it's a little off track, but a virus, is that a living thing? Okay. I mean, some people say no. Some people say yeah. At least it's the potential, right? Most people, you'd have to be a little bit...
1: Sick? Well, not (laughs) sick, but just
0: stupid (laughs) to to believe that an unborn child in the womb is not a living thing. It is a living thing. Mm -hmm. And, of course, the argument is, from their standpoint, pro-choice people's standpoint, is that... Yes, it's a living thing, but it's not a person. It doesn't have personhood. And of course, mm-hmm. viruses don't have personhood. Right. And that's true. Right. We uh, we believe that it is a person, right? Mm-hmm. We believe that there's a person there inside the womb right. and that your decision to what you want to do, quote, with your body is going to affect that person to the point where that person is going to die. Yeah. In this case, you know, this man may infect other people and other people may die. Mm-hmm. That's a possibility. Mm-hmm. In an abortion, at least from our standpoint, it definitely will affect another person. That, that other person definitely will die if a woman exercises her bodily autonomy right. to, uh, to have an abortion.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So you would, it, it's a, it, there's, it should be a greater punishment yeah. applied. It, there is a definite death versus a possible
0: yeah. death yeah. in the other. Yeah. No doubt about it. And so it just seems to me a little hypocritical. Yeah. For people who would claim to be pro-choice mm-hmm. and all for like bodily autonomy is the end mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. of everything mm-hmm. to be OK with this. Yeah. Wait a minute. I mean, yeah, he's his decision is going to affect other people.
1: Right. So my body, not my choice. in, in his not case. in this situation. Yeah.
0: But I think most people will agree mm-hmm. that this is an appropriate restriction. And this mm-hmm. is kind of the point. This is yeah. an appropriate restriction imposed by the government on mm-hmm. a person who doesn't want to do the right thing. People talk about in the abortion conversations that you and I've had is the government forcing the morality of some people on other people, Mm -hmm. right? They Mm -hmm. can't have an abortion and, you know, there's restrictions and stuff that Mm -hmm. people have imposed Mm -hmm. and they're saying that's religious legislators imposing their morality on women. Mm -hmm. This is legislators. This is government officials imposing their morality Mm -hmm. on this man. Exactly. They're saying his quality
1: of life is not as important as all the people that he might ultimately harm.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it seems, again, it seems to be a contradiction. If you're okay with this, Mm -hmm. then if there's restrictions that the government places on abortion, why wouldn't you be okay with that? And it's because, you know, a pro-choice person is going to say right away, it's because the unborn child is not a person. People that might be infected by this guy... Our people. Yeah. Which, yeah. you know, I think is— Which I we've demolished least, that argument in other podcasts. I think podcasts, we, I think and we you, have. you can
1: all look at that. Yeah. So um, here's another point about one of the commonalities okay. between abortion and, and coronavirus. Does the Bible say anything about protecting the vulnerable? Because, for example, the elderly yeah. or those with the underlying issues are very vulnerable right now— Apparently yeah, absolutely. during yeah. this coronavirus. Does the Bible say anything about how we are to treat those who are elderly? And of course we know it, it does. Yeah. It does absolutely. talk about that and the elderly are are very effective. Um are very affected. Uh, very affected, sorry, correct. So um uh, let's talk about like one of those verses that tells us how we are to treat the vulnerable. Yeah. And, well, and you know, others.
0: Let, let's talk about the dynamic of which is why we do what we do. Exactly speaking for these unborn mm-hmm. children, and it's the dynamic of taking up your cross, mm-hmm. laying down your life for the sake of other people. Right. I don't go out to the sidewalk in front of an abortion clinic, regardless of what pro-choice people might say to stroke my ego. Ego. Yeah. If I wanted to stroke my ego and feel yeah. better about myself, yeah. there's a lot of other places I could go. A lot more I, fun places. I, yeah, for sure. exactly. <laughs> yeah. I go out there because. I see that there's a group of people that are dying and I am by God's grace willing to lay my life down for them. Mm -hmm. That's why I go out. I'm willing to lay my life down. And you know, you people who are on social media and you're complaining about having to be quarantined, you're complaining about whatever you're complaining about, you know, we're called to lay our lives down for other people. Mm -hmm. And and it is a suffering to have to stay home. Maybe you're in the category of people who won't really be affected. If you did get this thing, it would just be like a, a bad cold or not even that. Some people yeah. are saying it's like totally just a mild cold and people have it and don't even know it. Right. Right. Maybe you're one of those people. Yeah. But understand it's not about you. Yeah. One of the, the, the major concerns here, which kind of shifted my thinking about this thing, mm-hmm. is that you could pass it along to somebody who can easily be affected by this thing and it, it'll put them out, possibly yeah. kill them.
1: Yeah. Who may, that may be hidden that whatever yeah. they're, disability or whatever that they're facing could be completely hidden from you. And yeah. you may pass them in the grocery store and think, no big deal. But you're very passing, touching things that they're going to touch could put their lives in jeopardy.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And again, they're not, those. you might just get a cold. They're not just going to get a cold. It's going to affect them to the point where some people have died. I mean, that right. is the major concern is the yeah. the weak and the vulnerable the elderly mainly, yeah. those with underlying conditions, is what right. they said. So right. we've got to be considerate of that, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. We are called to lay our lives down. Yeah. I lay my life down by going out to the abortion clinic, but sometimes maybe I need to lay my life down by, you know, not having a church service on mm-hmm. Sunday. Right. And, and, Setting that aside for right. a season.
1: And I know someone's thinking because I thought it, um, well, but you're out on the sidewalk. Yeah. And you're <laughs> you're not socially isolating yourself. Right, yeah. But I and I, I think that is a valid thing to mention. Sure. But but we are being careful. We are we are we are, we, we are not hugging each other, we are not shaking hands and well, we I'm are doing trying we're
0: shakes now. <laughs> Spit in the hand. Oh hand yeah, yeah. Man, no, that's, <laughs> right. that's nasty, anyway.
1: Uh, you know, we're trying to spread out. We do that anyway because yeah. it's more effective. Um, and we're trying to abide by the social. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we very
0: rarely on a weekday, especially, have more than you know what five or six people on the sidewalk right. anyway. Right. So the right. over ten people rule. Yeah. Is you know, something that's not hard for us to abide by, as yeah. far as that goes.
1: Exactly, we're being very careful to have the RV cleaned with yeah. antibacterial Lysol yeah. sprays and things like that. Where moms are going to be coming on, and and yeah. the protocol is now going to be between moms on that RV that everything is scrubbed down. Yeah, with the anti. Well, you know, but,
0: you know, today we gave out. I think it was maybe six pieces of literature. To those going into the abortion clinic, you handed yeah, it out. We right. weren't using gloves; right. we were using our hands. Right. Um, so that can introduce a factor of risk. Yeah. And it's so there small is a risk, by the way,
1: though, because I right, did yeah. read that on on cardboard and paper items, it, it, there is the potential that the virus could be passed. But it's a very small risk. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But there's there's a risk. There we're is a introducing risk. Introducing a, yeah. a risk factor yeah. there. And we understand that. Now yeah. we're being intentional again about cleaning our hands right, and, and not exactly. just you know, wiping my nose with my mm-hmm. hand and putting it on a piece of literature. That's gross yeah. anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um but one of the dynamics as you're thinking about that is what I said earlier. Yeah. People could potentially be affected. I mean, is that potential there for one of a cities yeah. for life counselor to, to pass this thing along? It's a potential for anybody. That's yeah. that's a potential for anybody in you know, yeah. in society. But we know, so that could happen, certainly. But one of the things that we do know that is happening Mm -hmm. is that abortion clinic is open. Babies are dying. And if we're not there, those children are not going to have a voice. That's right. No one is going to be there to speak on their behalf. And we do know that our presence out there on that sidewalk is effective at saving lives. So we know two things. We know that babies are dying, and our mm-hmm. presence out there makes a difference. Mm-hmm. So we have to, you know, again, we're not trying to put other people at risk, mm-hmm. but we're taking a risk mm-hmm. to be out there on the sidewalk because those babies mm-hmm. deserve our voice. Yeah,
1: and we know that more babies are going to die, probably did die today in our city of yeah, Charlotte. just in our city just alone. Just in our city possibly. alone than all of the deaths in the United States thus far yeah. Well Yeah, I'm not sure what the, the, the tally yeah, is. I Last I read, it was 100. Right. And, yeah. you know, we yeah.
0: see, we can say surely in a week's time, we see 150 to 200 babies die every Just at week. La Trobe. In Just our city. Just at La Trobe. Well, yeah, so, mainly right. at La Trobe. Yeah. And so, you know, n- not making light at all of right. those people that have been affected and who've died from the coronavirus, not making light at all. But we definitely know there are babies dying and that we should intervene. And these babies are, in God's view, and thereby, in our view, just as valuable as people who are potentially affected by the coronavirus. They're human beings made in His image. Yeah.
1: Now, we're not ignoring the fact that... there is an authority of government, and we, as as Christians, need to obey yeah. a, a government. And we did talk about this in another podcast, the Romans thirteen. Yeah, we talked a the little authority bit about of this. God we talked about, versus um, authority of government,
0: uh, uh, civil disobedience, right. and, and where that, <laughs> what our mentality is on that, right. and what it should be,
1: right, right. But
0: this does tie into that. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody asked me today, mm-hmm. one of our volunteers said, "Okay, so I'm hearing about and." Please don't go with this as a conspiracy theory, guys, okay? But this volunteer has heard uh, through the grapevine, and whether it's true or not. Rumors yeah, are flying well, Yeah, right they're now. flying all yeah. around. That the government's going to place the entire United States on lockdown. So mm-hmm. it'll be just mandatory. Um, Stay in
1: your home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do
0: they call that? Sh- shelter at shelter home. Shelter in place. Okay. Yeah, so they're right. going to put that. In. So what's, what's our position going to be? Are we going to be willing to come out, even if the abortion clinic is open? In mean, my mind, if they're going to do that shelter-in-place thing and they allow these abortion clinics to stay open, right. That's ridiculous. Right. I mean, they're already talking about doctors' office should limit limit um, these elective procedures, which abortion is elective in an elective procedure, certainly, mm-hmm. um, not just because you know it's dangerous and spreading the virus, but also to keep the the medical supplies and stuff from being used in ways yeah. that you know they could be used to help these coronavirus patients or whatever. So, but, you know, and so he asked me that question, if they're still open and there's a shelter in place order and you can only come out for essential things, what is your view of this going to be? And immediately I'm like, well, what we're doing is essential. It's essential to these babies. And that's going to be my argument. I am going to come out and I'm going to stand on that sidewalk. Now, if I have to be, you know, I'm not going to, if they come and and threaten to put me in jail, if I leave, I'm not going to go to jail um, well, hopefully, hopefully God will give me w- 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 wisdom. Know
1: how to, we'll cross that bridge uh, when yeah, we get we'll, to it. <laughs> will cross that bridge when we get there.
0: Um, but you know, that is a question it that is. we need to ask ourselves and, and what is wisdom in that situation and how do we apply the mm-hmm. principle of laying our lives down for our mm-hmm. neighbors? Cause it's sort of a a, a, a there's a tension there, yeah, right? That we need to. Uh, you know, it's sort of a, bi- a biblical tension that we need yeah. to consider. We need to pray through, and we need to, you know, apply wisdom.
1: Yeah, and it uh, does, it is directly, okay, are we obeying God? Or if, if if the government comes and tells us to do something that goes against what we know in our heart, God is telling us clearly yeah. in his word uh, and in our spirit to do, then we need to obey God. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. So that's not, to me, that's not a cut-and-dry thing to try to figure out but I think in those situations you have to do the best that we can yeah you know the government has has said uh, as a recommendation not as a mandate they have mandated in in uh, the state of North Carolina that no gatherings of 100 people or more that's not a problem for Mm -hmm. us Mm -hmm. but they have from the CDC and from you know the federal government recommended that no more than 10 people it should be together in the same place. It's but
1: like, we know in the abortion center there's more than 10 people.
0: Oh, yeah. Today there are Just 20. the workers. Yeah. I mean, just the workers yeah, probably absolutely. Is, is,
1: is close to 10, if not 10. Yeah, yeah,
0: certainly. Um, but, you know, I have a family of 10, as I mentioned right. earlier. yeah. <laughs> I yeah. can't even have what a guest over. You can't have another baby. I know families <laughs> that have 12 kids, you yeah. know, and it's like, well, do they right. got to send some outside? Right. Of course not, right? right? right. So it's, it's something you can't abide by, and it's not a law. It's just a recommendation. Right. But if it yeah. becomes a law, that's just something that you can't abide by in yeah. in some way, you know. Especially for those big families, <laughs> I can't obey this. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a little yeah. bit over the top. I think with that. so.
1: And a lot of this over the top is is a result of fear. There's so yeah. much over the top that's a result of fear. And I, I thought it was a very interesting comparison. <clears throat> excuse me, between coronavirus and abortion, in that I would say a, a huge driver of abortion is fear. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the we wrote an article about these... that
0: in the uh, Sidewalks for Life, you know, yeah. the spirit of fear. A spirit and of fear. understanding that women come to an abortion right. clinic under a spirit of fear right. a lot of times. So, right, yeah, they, face, they
1: face overwhelming obstacles in their mind. They're mm-hmm. terrified. They don't feel like they can face the future with this baby. And yeah. so they do this unthinkable act, a mother killing her own child. and coronavirus the panic is clearly f- fueled by fear. Yeah. There is I I I would give them that there are some facts that certainly I think justify what they're trying to do and some yeah, maybe absolutely. maybe not at all but but in in most areas but but so fear so how do we combat I think that's an important thing to maybe as we're getting close to the end of this talk about how do we combat as believers how do we combat fear. Yeah. Because fear is the driver.
0: Yeah, for many people, and I'd say that, you know, that's why people... My wife was in the grocery store on Monday getting mm-hmm. groceries. Mm-hmm. And graciously, the Lord provided, you know, <laughs> the groceries Did you get that we needed. toilet paper? And- we yeah. already had some, okay. so we were good on that. But there was a lady walking down the aisles. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that lady, they should have locked her up because she's walking down the aisles and saying, Everybody, get everything you need because the government's about to shut everything down. And she's just, she's fear mongering. Yeah. Right? And spreading that panic and and that fear. Spreading that panic. and, And she was obviously under fear. And, you know, I get it. You know, there's some unknowns. Every time there's unknowns, in our lives, there's a potential for fear. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, we can get overwhelmed by fear. Yeah. The scripture tells us that God has not given us a spirit of fear, uh-huh. but of power, love, and a sound mind. Right. So that spirit of fear, it doesn't come from the Lord. Right. There's so many. And one, one preacher said, several preachers have said it, that the command given more time than any other command in the Bible is fear not. It's, fear it's not. not a suggestion, yeah. it's fear not. It's an yeah. encouragement from the Lord. To not be afraid. I know one yeah. of the things that I... Scripture, I've been meditating on, even before this thing, but just based on some of the things we've been dealing with as a family, some of the battles we've been in, and I know a lot of people are in a bunch of different battles, um, is Psalm 91. Mm-hmm. The, those who abide, he who abides in the secret place of the Most High will... will He who dwells sorry, in the secret place of the Most High will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And so Mm. God has just been comforting me with Psalm 91. And if you guys had not read that psalm in a while, get into that. Meditate on that psalm. It even talks about pestilence. You'll not be overtaken by pestilence. And it just can help us get in a place of of faith rather than fear. Because that is the opposite, I think. Well, maybe not the exact opposite, but walking in fear. And walking in faith right. are two, two very opposite things, very different things. Yeah, walking in faith, you know, you've got the you know over the top. You know, if you truly believe in God, if you truly believe God's sovereign, then you'll you'll go to church and you'll whatever you know <laughs> you'll you'll wipe your nose on. You can touch on, on,
1: those people that are on the respirator and nothing will yeah, harm you. Yeah,
0: yeah exactly. Yeah. You know, you got yeah. that over the top kind yeah. of mentality. And that's not really faith. Faith is, first, faith is looking at God's Word. That's what we're we're hopefully helping you guys to do. Look in God's Word, see the principles of God's Word. So faith is first and foremost doing what God's Word says. Stepping out in faith is stepping out in the truths of God's Word. But faith also doesn't look stupid right? Mm-hmm. Just don't be stupid. How yeah. about that? Maybe yeah. that's a word of wisdom yeah. for you guys. Listen, don't Maybe be stupid. It's not faith to just do whatever you want, whenever you want. We have to consider other people, but also we can't be under fear, you yeah. know, staying <laughs> behind closed doors just because you're afraid of going out that you might get some virus that's, that might affect you. Yeah. You can't live in the world of might, might yeah. this, might this, yeah. you know, or that. We should have this level of trust in the Lord his goodness and his provision, and apply wisdom.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm working my way through Numbers, and uh, I just loved this from Numbers 13, okay, where Caleb and the others have spied out the promised land, mm-hmm. and remember the most of the spies come back quivering. Oh, we, yeah. There is no way we can defeat fear. them. They are under a spirit of fear. Those are giants, yeah. and all they could see were those giants, and that they could never defeat the giants. But Caleb... This is the verse in no- Numbers 13, starting in verse 30. But Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. Yeah. And then the verse goes on and just talks about the fear of the spies. And they ultimately defy Caleb and defy God and, and are punished. Yeah. Um, but but later on we're, we're told that Caleb was a man who... who followed God yeah, and, and trusted in God and didn't let that fear overwhelm following what God would have him do.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, Caleb had to look crazy <laughs> and yeah. to the people around him. Caleb and the majority and
1: Joshua, of the people were actually against what Caleb yeah, was yeah. was telling them.
0: So what made Caleb different than the rest of the people? What, what did his confidence and his lack of fear, He he wasn't you know, he doesn't point out hey we're a- well able to overcome this thing cuz look at all the armies we got and look at all the other people we've defeated based on our own uh our own strength.
1: Well listen yeah. to this. I can answer from scripture which is the best okay. answer, right? Okay, yeah, listen absolutely. to this. It's perfect. Okay. Numbers 14:24 answers your question. All right? All right. What was different about Caleb?
0: Yeah, what did he understand? Where what Let's, was his perspective here it that is. wasn't the others perspective?
1: But my servant Caleb this is God speaking. Yeah. But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land in which he went, and his descendants shall possess it. So here's the key, a different spirit that fully follows God. That is not saying, in terms of coronavirus, that we're supposed to just run out there and say... I'm going to go touch everyone because yeah. <laughs> I am covered with God's grace and mercy, and he will protect me. But it is to say, be very aware of what God is saying and follow him fully. Yeah, yeah. You know,
0: Caleb knew God. Yeah. Caleb knew God was on his side. So Caleb didn't walk in fear he walked in faith. Mm-hmm. He knew God, and he knew what God was able to do as far as conquering the land here. Mm-hmm. And these other people who were not like Caleb, who had a different spirit, right. had a spirit of fear. They were afraid yeah. of, of the future. Yeah. And I get it, guys. And mm-hmm. and no one's saying, please don't take it this way, that if you're, if you're applying wisdom and you're staying at home and you've got sick or, or maybe sick loved ones, or yeah. you've got people that if or they did get sick from this people, thing, that they would right. get staying at home that's that's wisdom wisdom
1: yeah absolutely. so
0: no one's saying you're faithless, but we can't be cowered down in a spirit of fear and just right. be under this thing right. thinking that you know if it flows out of selfishness yeah and only you can tell that if it flows out of selfishness, you're operating under a spirit of fear mm-hmm. if it flows out of selflessness, mm-hmm. then you're operating in faith yeah. I would say that would be that would be a, a good principle to go by I if, think it's is, a great it, one. is it just self-preservation? Yeah. Yeah. or are you considerate of other people? Yeah. And and that'll help, I think, people gauge, hey, am I under a spirit yeah. of fear? And if you are, you know what? Shirk that thing off. Yeah. Get in the Word of God. See what God's right. Word says. Follow Him wholeheartedly like Caleb. Yeah, follow like Him Caleb. wholeheartedly. Yeah. Yeah. And again, we're not saying you're faithless if you're staying at home. That's not the point of this podcast. Well, we're told not
1: to tempt the Lord, and and I think that is tempting the Lord when you're walking into a danger that is is clearly going to harm others.
0: Putting yourself in unnecessary danger, right? And putting others in unnecessary danger, Is you know, it's it's that's not faith, right? That's. you know that's the devil telling Jesus, "Hey, yeah. if you're the son of God, throw yourself off exactly. of this building because God exactly. will protect you." Exactly, you know? and he's actually, I believe, the devil is quoting Psalm ninety-one yeah. in that passage. As a Matter of yeah. fact, I'm, I'm fairly confident yeah. he is. And this is, you know, this is a psalm of protection, and God's right. protecting those who stay and abide in Him. Right. And so the devil will pervert scripture, and, and un, unknowing human beings will, will pervert scripture too, and make it apply yeah. in a way that it shouldn't. Right. So you don't tempt God, right? But walk in faith. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think that's, is that, is that pretty yeah. much wrapping us up yeah. here? Yeah. yeah. So I, think, I, I, hope, I hope that you guys helpful. are blessed by this. I hope that, you know, we've given you some solid stuff. Mm-hmm. As I started, you know, I said, we're going to have a conversation. Probably not going to give you a whole lot more than you already have. I think that we have that. Yeah. I think we've touched on some stuff. I've yeah. been encouraged through mm-hmm. this and, and just thro- thought through some things a little mm-hmm. more than, than I had before. Mm-hmm. Um. We are, we want to encourage you guys, you know, be willing to reach out, be willing to, to reach out to neighbors. If there are people and you know, our church is doing a thing where if you're able-bodied and you can deliver meals to people, or if you can do things like go get groceries for people, right. um, obviously using proper sanitary right. <laughs> methods yeah. and all of that, yeah. then are you willing to do that? So our church mm-hmm. is, is doing that, orchestrating some people mm-hmm. to go out and help others, you know, in a wise way. If you can do that, if you can help your neighbors, if maybe if you've got 87 rolls or 87 packs of toilet paper you in your house. Go start handing and, them
1: out and come yeah. to my house because yeah. we, we don't have that yeah. many. <laughs>
0: maybe you can step out in that way. And, right. and certainly you can be a witness wherever you are for the Lord. Yeah. Be praying also. Be praying for our nation. Like I said, we as a family, we're praying. Every night yeah. we're praying for this country. We're praying for the leaders. The Bible tells us pray for our leaders. So yeah. guys, pray for your leaders. Pray for repentance. Yeah. Pray whether or not this is a judgment from God. Mm-hmm. If it is, then be praying that the mm-hmm. nation will turn back to the Lord. If it ain't, be praying that the nation will turn back to the Lord. Right. It's at least yeah. an opportunity for yeah. that. Um, so uh, reach out to us. If there's things that we touched on in this podcast that you'd like for us to expound on, maybe we can take some opportunity to that. Maybe we messed up and we said something that, <laughs> that offended you. wouldn't be the first time. Reach out. Let us know. Um, we'd like to talk with you and converse with you about it. You can reach out to me, Parks at citiesforlife.com. Vicky is vcasiorg at citiesforlife.com. We'd love to hear from you guys. Share this podcast if you think it'll be a blessing to other people. Lead, uh, leave us a, a review in Apple Podcasts or the other podcast platforms that you use. And until next time, God bless. Give me an outlet for love. Give me an outlet